0: was a guy straight up looked like Charles Manson, not even going to (laughs) play. Not the the singer, the murderer. And he was an engineer at one point in his life but he had smoked a lot of pot and a lot of heroin and pretty much fried his brain. So, he became schizophrenic. He was paranoid schizophrenic and they hallucinate pretty much 24 hours a day. He would hallucinate excessively and talk to his hands. And Mm -hmm. one day, Um, He was on kitchen duty. I'll never forget this. He was chopping lettuce for Taco Tuesday. It was a thing back then Uh, and I made the mistake of coming behind him and Addressing him and he didn't see me. So as soon as he turned around the blade of that knife was under my chin.
1: I thought you were saying chopped off his fingers. That's also equally
2: terrible
0: if you know, yeah, give one.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on The Power Four. My name is Mark Lopez. My name is Thomas Olette And here we are once again. Well,
1: today's episode, we have the lovely Miss Combs, who is the greatest choir director of all time. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, um, say hello Miss Combs.
2: Hello. How are you doing today? I am
0: amazing. How are Ms. you guys? Awesome.
1: Doing doing awesome. There's a fly in there. Are you going oh, for that fly? I was, I was about to grab it. We're, we're at Miss Combs' <laughs> house right now.
0: You are in my house. It's a
1: very, very lovely house. Yes, yeah, so we've Thanks. set up on our, on our kitchen table and it's great. Anyways, Miss Combs. Yeah. Choir director. How long have you been a choir director for?
0: Well, I've been a high school choir director for five years. I've done mm-hmm. choral directing off and on for 20 okay but oh, my, wow. my latest gig at the high school has been five years mm. yeah
1: what did you do before the high school
0: before the high school i was teaching keyboard and music theory at the Osceola county school for the arts Ooh, mm. mm. oxa yes oxa ocsa whichever your flavor is mm. and you um, were there for
2: four 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 years right? i was only
0: there almost four years mm-hmm. did a little middle school time mm. taught a little college time Ooh. and i started out my career teaching elementary children
1: what, like music or? Did, music, okay, general music, cool. yeah. What was your favorite, what'd you say?
0: Out of everything? Out of everything. Ha! Right. High school.
1: Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say, what did you like, that was my least favorite. I feel
2: like. <laughs> your least favorite yeah, for phase? The, for the
1: people listening, me and Mark both had Miss Combs as a choir teacher.
2: Yes, we went to the same yeah. high yes, school. Yes, you did. And, uh, we did. We, uh... Had a course with her. She came in my sophomore year. Was you, it just sophomore? Yes, because it was it was a mix of you and Ms. Hill. It was. And, we got a two for one special. Yes, and you were because um, you had your theory class, your music theory classes in the middle of all that too. <laughs> um, and then were you? Did you come in? Freshman the only year, time
1: I only I, the only time I had Ms. Combs as a choir teacher for her class was uh, senior year. Oh really? Yes. But we, I did... Thomas you, was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> I did know, you know this is the thing was I did audition for musicals and everything but there was always one thing that got me that I could never do. What? They would, I would sing my song, they'd go, alright, now can you match key? And they'd go on the piano, <laughs> they would play oh, piano notes. I, so could, true. I could never, ever do it.
0: Until... You would sing all around it. I would, I would. <laughs> and it was great. And it the, just wasn't... On it. <laughs> I, I remember
1: I was um because I never know like because you know when you when you're on key with something you can feel it like you know you can um but so I I just didn't know what that feeling was so I was like looking for it but and then um I was in my car one day and I was singing I'm no Superman by Leslie Levin <laughs> the the intro to my favorite show of all time Scrubs and I was like oh my gosh this is what this is the sound this is what it's
2: like and then I realized like I've been singing off-key my whole life you know I was always so comfortable singing, and whenever we had to do that test, I always would freak out. And I'm like, you I totally don't like would this. have a meltdown. I don't like this pitch thing. I really don't. And then I would always hate it every time.
0: <laughs> I come from about five generations of musicians. So my great-great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, my aunt—I guess that's only four. Well, anyway, all of us put together, all studied music. Uh, did music for pleasure, sometimes did it for profession, just depended. So I think it was just like second nature, okay, we're gonna put her in piano lessons and see what happens. Mm. So, my whole growing up, I never knew there was anything else but piano lessons. Mm. And so I just went with it. And I took piano from the same teacher for, let's see, let's do the math. 12 years of school plus that, it was like 15, 16 years. But I started like that and then it just became somewhat robotic where I knew that's what I did. It was second nature. Hmm. So, um, went through that. As soon as I could get into a music program in school, I did, I was involved in my choirs, I accompanied my choirs, I did show choir, Um, I played for other students, and then I was competing the whole time for scholarship and money to go off somewhere and potentially be a concert pianist. That was the goal that everybody had for me.
2: the transition from here to Florida, just how was that for you growing up there and going to school there and um, just, would you go back?
0: You know, I would go back to visit. Mm-hmm. I love the state. You don't realize how beautiful a place is till you leave it. So there's things I've never seen that I would go back and see in a heartbeat, but I would not go back and live there. Mm-hmm. I left and I, I kind of got to Florida in a detour. I went to um, St. Louis, Missouri and lived in the city. Mm-hmm. I'd never been a city girl. And then I got married, came to Florida, went back to Illinois, and came back to Florida. And so mm. since I've been gone so long, it's like I don't even know if I would know how to function mm. in the desert. A lot so. of family
2: in New Mexico, though? All my family's All in family New Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, can you describe to me how that place is? Because I've, I've never been. I, he's You've never, been never so seen like Breaking Bad? No. I assume it's literally just
1: like Breaking is Bad. It, is it
2: like?
0: It is desert.
1: <laughs> All the meth and everything, it's there. All the meth? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I don't know about that.
1: (laughs) No, but it's not a desert, yeah.
0: Yeah, desert, desert. Um, It's actually kind of varied because in the central part of the state where I'm from, it's very, very flat, very full of desert. But tumbleweeds by the dozens and the hundreds will go rolling Mm -hmm. across the plains and the sunsets are almost unpainable. They're so perfect. Oh my gosh. You go four hours north, then you're in the height of a mountain range that bleeds into Colorado and that's a whole different flavor of beauty in itself. A um, hundred and five degrees desert heat with no humidity, mm-hmm. so if you can just imagine you can see the heat, you know rumbling across the roads and stuff, but but it has its own beauty, you know instead of dirt it's like red clay mm-hmm. and um, Thunderstorms that are take your breath away. It's just a beautiful place. Mm. Everyone should visit it
1: I've heard there's patches of glass in the desert because lightning will strike the ground and it'll glass the sand instantly Wow. I, just what I've heard. Oh, man. I never
2: heard
0: Well, according that. to the movie Sweet at Home Alabama, that happens on the beach. <laughs> oh. yeah. It does, yes. But I don't know if it happens in the desert. It probably does. It wouldn't surprise me. Just that wow. gravitational pull. That's mm-hmm. a, yeah. that's so turquoise. You can dig for turquoise in the ground. That like, forms naturally. The color?
1: Just like the color, just find it. The
0: actual stone. Oh, cool. Yes, 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 yes. Lots of rock formations, lots of caverns, lots of Indian pueblos. It's a beautiful Uh, place. hmm.
2: So, tell us how education was for you there and going to school and people there and all that stuff.
0: I went to a small university called Eastern New Mexico University. Um, To give you that some relationship if you've heard of Florida Southern, over in Lakeland, it's about the same size. Uh So it's more of a intimate size school where a lot of one-on-one happens. Hmm. Um, I was fortunate, I had a full ride um, on a piano scholarship. Hmm. And I jumped right in and kind of threw myself into the piano world and begin accompanying. I was in choir, practicing piano four or five hours a day, Mm. um, just trying to pursue that performance degree because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So fast forward two and a half years in, um, I kind of realized that professional pianist don't exist all over the world and there's not a demand for them
2: mm-hmm. so
0: what am I going to do with that you know I was accompanying a lot and I was playing for a lot of people but I wasn't necessarily planning my future around that so I jumped into music therapy at that point to where I switched degrees completely I dove in with all my psychology classes and my science classes because most of my music um, prerequisites were done and loved it. I did social work. I worked outside. I spent a summer with 20 adult mental patients for fun. And, um, <laughs> was it fun? you know, it was fascinating. They were adult schizophrenics and what we now label as bipolar, but they were, they just called them personality disorder at the time. Mm. And it was a day treatment program where they were taken out of their facility. They were put into a house and we taught them domestic skills cleaning house, washing dishes, paying bills, yard work because the goal for all of them was to someday maybe step out and be independent people living on their own. Um, The irony is a lot of them became schizophrenic as a result of some type of trauma or drug use. Oh my God. There was a guy straight up looked like Charles Manson, not even going to (laughs) play. Not the, not the singer, the murderer. Yeah. And he was an engineer at one point in his life, but he had smoked a lot of pot and a lot of heroin and pretty much fried his brain. So he became schizophrenic, he was paranoid schizophrenic, and they hallucinate pretty much 24 hours a day. He would hallucinate excessively and talk to his hands. And one day, um, he was on kitchen duty, I'll never forget this, he was chopping lettuce no. for Taco Tuesday. He didn't- it was a thing back then. Oh, no. And I made the mistake of coming behind him and addressing him, and he didn't see me. So as soon as he turned around, the blade of that knife was under oh, my chin. Wow. I
1: thought you were going say chopped off his fingers. But that's also equally terrible. If, so you know, yeah, give
0: one more yeah. of the other, oh, sure. I,
1: I, have you ever seen the movie Escape from Alcatraz? With yes. The it's the part where like there's the one dude who just likes to paint, and the warden takes away all of his like paintbrushes. So he just chops off, chops his, off fingers. his fingers yeah oh my gosh yeah. i was like is this gonna was that what's happening oh my god So, he, cut so you here? <clears throat>
0: he put the knife to my throat oh but i just put my hands up and i called him by name and i said i'm so sorry i should have never you know touched you from behind it's just me it's just me and it was like he came out of this experience poof back into Reality mm. and then he was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I would have never hurt you You know, I never would have hurt mm-hmm. you and I said I know it's my fault I was the one that didn't address you from the front so you could see me But that was our day six hours a day. We'd work with those people
1: and you said music therapy, right mm-hmm. now What what exactly is that is that like what it sounds like? Or-
0: um, For the most part. Yeah, it's a fascinating field where you take Music as a whole be it performance listening um playing instruments, singing, and you use it as some some form of a tool to help rehabilitate. And it goes into nursing homes, and a lot of times they just use music for gross motor skills, helping these people still get mobile and dance and Mm -hmm. move or play an instrument. Um, Mental hospitals, um, it's a big push right now in military, helping the soldiers when they come home Mm -hmm. from PTSD. Mm -hmm and using music as a form of therapy. There's dance therapy, there's art therapy, there's music therapy. And it can be anything from teaching a skill to using it to help express emotions. It's a growing, growing profession and the demand is huge and doesn't pay too bad either.
1: Mm. Is, is that the, the major you stuck with?
0: Um, no, unfortunately. <laughs> I had a rather insane professor who was crazy and probably bipolar in her own right.
1: That's why she was teaching the class. Exactly, (laughs)
0: exactly. And we just clashed. We really, really clashed. And, And from an integrity perspective, I couldn't stay with that because she had such a very misconstrued idea of what you do. When you're in the psychiatric fields, any of those professions, you do have to maintain a level of separation. You can't get too heavy in with those people. You know, and, and I respected that and knew that. But she was of the mindset that you just pretend you never knew them and you never had them in your mm-hmm. life. And I'm just, I don't, I don't work that way. Mm-hmm. So I really gave it all I could. And then because she was our only music therapy supervisor, I had no one else to go to and kind of bounce off of. So three of us walked away from the program that's, that year. That's
1: super interesting. Um, Tara Resto, she was on the podcast before. She talked about how she was um, a nursing CNA. And that, um, you know, of course, sorry, this flies, but there's a, the her, is going down. her whole, her whole, whole, whole reason was she wanted to help take care of people. Yeah. And be, you know, be nice. Yeah. Is, is the main thing. Because a lot of people, and the one thing she talked about the most was how people in these old people's homes, they're very, very sad, they're lonely. So she said it's important, you know, some of them are crazy, some of them will do things, but it's, just, it's important to be nice to the, to the good ones. And the people that she worked with, she said that they were terrible, dehumanizing them. And I feel like, is that similar to what your professor was like?
0: Yes, on some level. I'll give you an example. Um, In the program, you have to do a practicum, and then eventually you work work into an internship, okay? In your practicum, it was a semester long where you were assigned a client, you were given a... um, Case description of what was going on. So my first one, <coughs> excuse me, was an 11 year old girl who was being placed in a children's home. And what she was not being told is that she was going to be given up for adoption by her parents, her, her biological oh, at, parents. At 11
1: years old. Mm-hmm. Tough.
0: She was a victim of um, domestic and sexual abuse by her parents. And so this was gonna be better for her, but she didn't know that, Mm -hmm. you know? It's
1: always tough for kids like that. So
0: she was put in a children's home and that's when I came into the picture. And at that point, she could have cared less what I had to say because she had been hypnotized and had psychotherapy and had counseling and drug therapy. Mm -hmm. So I was just some girl walking in, you know, with my instruments looking Mm -hmm. stupid. (laughs) Um, So it took a long time to build anything with her. And so my first goals was to just build trust in a relationship. Turned out to be something like the result of that experience I use in my teaching every single day. Mm -hmm. Just that concept of letting music be a healer and a tool and a source of expression. And um, long story short, we made some great breakthroughs and by the end of our time at the semester she was told that she was being given up and she was good. She was healthy because she knew she was going to be in a better place. When that was all done, um, ironically, the children's home group attended the same church I attended. So I saw her every Sunday. And my professor would tell me, well, you don't don't speak to her. Don't acknowledge her. And so I'm supposed to walk into church and she's, you know, 20 feet from me and I'm supposed to ignore her or see her. And my university town was small, so I was Mm going to run into her. And that was kind of my final straw after that, was like I worked mm-hmm. all this effort into getting her to trust me and know that I was a, a person that she could rely on, and then all of a sudden I was going to cut that cord. And yeah. I thought, I don't think all music therapists have to be like that. Mm-hmm. And I know I can't be, so I can't continue. So mm. I, it was a very hard decision, but I don't regret it. Yeah. because Sounds, the only like, sounds that, like the right call, yeah. Yeah, and I still use it every day. I mm-hmm. use those practices in my personal life and in my professional life, so. And
1: so you said you changed your major one more time? To music ed. To music ed. And that's, okay, so that, with that with that and degree, here I am. <laughs> Okay, that's how you started teaching um, schools and stuff.
2: Yeah. All right, Yeah. So, was she the main result of you having the idea of teaching kids instead in your later future? Or was it just a thought?
0: Wow, That no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> Um I, I would think so. I would think so. I mean, I think teaching's always been in me, and I don't think I ever thought as a young girl, "Oh, I just can't wait to be a teacher." Um, I wanted to be a brain surgeon for a long time and then really? I saw the homework and I was like, forget that. Ew. That is insane. Jeez. A brain surgeon. Yes. you
1: with your, your hands and stuff.
0: Yes. But I just thought it was fascinating and then I thought I will never pass
1: yeah, I would, anything. Oh my God. School been, wasn't that important to me. I could study for a thousand years and they'd be like, work on this man's brain and in the middle I'd be like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And then I, then I thought about teaching English. If I weren't teaching music, I would teach English Mm. because the English language fascinates me, poetry, um, stories, they fascinate me. So that would be my other. So I did dabble in that, I guess, but really now that you say that, that's really got me, That struck me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think she could be a large part of that. That's cool. Because I never thought music wouldn't be in my life, but then to be able to go in and use music as a tool to make people be better. And express themselves became pretty exciting. It's
1: incredible stuff.
0: Alright, so Clovis is a small town, New Mexico, where I'm from. Clovis, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Small town, you could live and die there and be fine, okay? You'd never have to leave. I had a teaching job, my whole life was in front of me. Um, Fast forward to when I met my future husband and had some opportunities to expand my horizons. Took off on a whim to St. Louis, Missouri for a six month maternity leave teaching position. Mm. There was no guarantee of a job after the six months. There was no promise of a position change. It was, I just did it. I had gone for a visit. We went to St. Louis to see friends and they're like, you should come live here. You should just <laughs> do it, pack up and leave. And I'm thinking, I have no purpose in St. Louis, Missouri. Why am <laughs> I gonna go to St. Louis, Missouri for a little podunk town, New Mexico? So I go, I thought, what the hell? I pop in, I put an application in, I go back home, I go back to work, boom, they call me for an interview. Best friend and I fly up, interview, get hired in an hour, drive to Illinois to see my future husband, fly home, finish Christmas, <laughs> and I packed up my life and All moved to St. Christmas. Louis. Wow,
1: that's in that's just, uh, wow. In two and a half All months. over the place, wow. Two and a
0: half months. Um, found an apartment site unseen, moved in, and started living in St. Louis by myself.
1: Were you just like, it felt right? It just felt like what you had to do?
0: Yes, and my family was pushing me out the door. My <laughs> grandmother who had raised me from, from a young age had passed away and my family's like, go. You did everything that she wanted you to do. You went to the college she wanted you to go to. I had an invitation to Juilliard um, to audition and she wouldn't let me because she didn't want me no. to go so far for my piano. Damn. And there was a lot of things I just didn't do because she didn't want me to. So, they're like, "Go!" So they packed me up, and I took off, and um, I quickly jumped into this school. It was a year round school, so we taught school all year long, mm. and I taught music on a cart, <laughs> and um,
1: yes, I, I was saying, when I went to elementary school, yeah, our music yeah, teacher, teacher walked, came to mm-hmm. you in
0: her little cart, you know, oh. yeah, yeah. You got, like, I, I, you a I, I always,
1: I always absolutely hated that. I was like, because it's because they they cut the the budget for the music department. Yes, so that was why the, you guys didn't have your own classrooms anymore. Oh. My mom would tell me about that. She's an elementary school teacher.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
1: Uh, yeah, she yeah she is. She teaches um she's in third grade now, but she taught uh, fourth, fifth. How um, cool! I know.
0: I did not know that about you. Well, that hey. explains your wild side. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. So it was a whim, and then um, in the course of all that, my future and husband and I became engaged, and six months into me living in st louis he packed up and moved to florida and i'm like dude you got to pick a place to stay i am not following you all over the country so we got engaged but my principal said i love you i want to keep you you stay here until you get married and i said all right so i stayed in my job i taught until the week before my wedding and uh we packed up got married in st louis and drove and honeymooned on our way down to florida to live.
1: Incredible. What, what job did he get in Florida?
0: Um, it was a church job as a worship minister. Oh, wow. He was doing that in Illinois and then uh, came down to Florida in a on the Gulf Coast near Tarpon Springs, Florida mm. and was a very large, like mega church as they call them, is a big place. Mm-hmm. And he was an assistant music director, directed the orchestras wow. and So everything. he was into music as well? Yeah. Trumpet player. Trumpet Jazz. player. Jazz. Yeah. Hey, cool. yeah. So that threw us into Florida. Two years in Florida, and then the opportunity came to go back up north to Illinois where he's from, to go to the University of Illinois, go and finish his degree in music. And so we packed up and went back up north. And we stayed there for 10 years, had babies, 10 years. did our stuff, and made life. And um, then he said, I never want to see snow ever, <laughs> ever again and the opportunity to come back to Florida to take a different church position came and so we packed up our lives and moved back and that's where I've been ever since.
1: So you moved to St. Cloud. What what church did he go to? Uh,
0: Northeast Christian Church in Kissimmee, which still exists. Yeah, Okay. Cool. he was the worship director. Uh, We did that together as a couple for 10 years and then um, some life events happened and he got out of that and we stayed because we loved Florida. Been in St. Cloud the whole time now, 15 years almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I look back on that story and it's such a wild adventure going from this single girl with no real agenda and yeah. moving what, and St. Louis was a big city for oh, me. That,
1: that's all, you're all over the place. At the, the time,
0: everywhere. yes. I mean, now that I've been to New York and Chicago, mm-hmm. St. Louis is kind of sleepy, but you know, that was a big deal. Cause I didn't know, but I, I don't regret doing that at all because at least I put myself out there and thought, you know. Mm. And it was the best thing I could have ever done in St. Louis. is ai would move back there tomorrow. It's a beautiful, mm-hmm. cultural, artistic city full of life and full of opportunities, and mm-hmm. it was a great experience. And so you
1: moved to, to St. Cloud, Florida? Mm-hmm. And you did you immediately start working at the high school?
0: No, not at all, actually. I did not work in schools here for probably two or three years.
1: So what did you do when you came down here?
0: Um, I was just a mama because my youngest was only four months old That's so great. and my oldest was two. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed home. I mm-hmm. taught private lessons. I did a lot of accompanying around the area. Um, I got hired at what is now called Johnson Christian college, but it used to be Florida Christian college over behind, um, Heritage park mm-hmm. in Kissimmee. And I taught college voice and piano. And I worked for all of the Bible professors, these mm-hmm. philosophical men, um, and then I kind of worked my way through. I taught in private schools, and then I got onto the district, which was kind of hard to do for a while. Um, taught at St. Cloud Middle for one whole year. <laughs> what year was that? Ah, oh,
1: gonna make me think. So I went to St. Cloud Middle.
0: It would have been like
1: probably, 07, 08. Oh yeah, pff, I was not in middle school in oh seven and oh eight, yeah. but
0: no, no, no. Do you okay? Do you know Claire Polacek?
2: Yes, I do. She was my she was a senior. She was I a
0: senior in. when you were a freshman or a sophomore. Yes. Okay, yes. so she was a sixth grader when I was there. So if you can wow. figure out that and math. so I was in You were ele- yeah, elementaries. Yeah. You were babies. Like second first grade or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I
2: would have been I would have been well, in, the, in, that in that second thing, first
1: time.
0: grade, yeah. Yeah. St. Claude Middle hired 30 of us and then they had to let us all go Ooh. because they had over uh, populated. They over um, mm-hmm. no, overestimated population so I had my gig as choral director and then um, there wasn't any money for us Mm -hmm. so I went back into private teaching for a while until I got on at the School of the Arts and that's when I got back into public school Mm -hmm. but for me St. Cloud oddly enough is very familiar to my hometown my hometown was a cattle ranch community (laughs) you could drive in from any direction into Clovis and someone would say, what's that smell? And anybody that owned a ranch would say, that's money. <laughs> Cause you could smell the stockyards and the cattle feeds and the the meat packing plant. Um, so St. Cloud reminds me a lot of that. And when I first came here, it definitely felt a little bit like that. All American town, you know, the high school, very nostalgic and and family names passed down and they're on streets everywhere, you know, like Earl Bronson highway. Um, so it was very comforting on some level. It reminded me of home, and it still does. It's just a place that's growing, and that doesn't bother me. I don't mean you know I don't mind the growth. I think that every town has to grow on some level, or it's not going to flourish. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me. I still wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I wouldn't go to Kissimmee <laughs> if you paid me millions <laughs> yeah, of dollars. Means- so I like I like living here. I like raising my family here, um, and I like the growth because then I can go. 15, 20 miles down the road and do something new that I can't do right here in town. Right. So I like it, I know a lot of people don't, but it's gonna happen whether they like it or not.
1: Okay, go ahead. So, so Ms. Combs, I have a question. We, me and Mark were both your students at some point or another, and we, you know, even when I wasn't your student, you were still a big part of all the musicals that the right. high school did. Yeah. What was your experience working with, or what did you think of working with me and Mark individually?
2: Oh, the Do Mark first, because he's Start, him. start the with The memories.
0: <laughs> I have <laughs> to start with Mark first. Sorry, yeah, Mark's super nervous. Some this things question. just jumped out at me right away.
2: <laughs> well, or you're getting the,
0: the one. The one advantage that Mark has slightly over you, Thomas, is that I worked with the school before I actually got hired there. So I accompanied with Miss Hill mm-hmm. and. You did some solo and ensemble stuff with Ms. Hill, did you not? Yes, I was...
2: Only like maybe a little bit. Yes, because what I learned really quickly, whenever those first two years kind of hit in high school, I wasn't really being like, yeah, I want to do it. I was just thrown into it. Yes. So I just kind of picked up whatever anybody left off, and I just kind of went with it. You were this great, talented kid who wasn't sure what the
0: hell he was being put into. And, I mean, choir. I'm an actor, I'm not a singer, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember that, so I had a little bit of knowledge of you, of course I knew how talented you were for Miss Hill. Mm. But then when I got into the school and we started doing musicals, you know, flashback to Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time I got to work with you as an actor slash singer, and we saw this incredible voice, but it was also amazing to work with someone, I mean, you get in your head, Mm-hmm. you're decent about getting in your head mm-hmm. and just watching you come out of that and then own the role, it was fun always teachable, always taking in whatever was being asked of you but would also work it to death sometimes you know, yeah. from yeah. role to role to role um, and I, you know, and then I think probably my most fond memory it you, you probably won't be yours um, <laughs> oh. Fiddler on the Roof um, mm-hmm. when you didn't Really want the role? Mm-hmm. Am I blasting you on no, podcast nation? No, 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 no. um, I probably like four years ago. Too bad. Um, but, you know, it was one of those roles that I think felt a little stereotyped for you. Uh-huh. And yet we just knew in our gut, like, this is you, this uh-huh. is your role,
2: you know? And I seriously think you fought that until like the week before we opened. I really did. I really did fight it. I think, mm-hmm. I, I, think I also I haven't battling with that question and just in my head for the longest time. What?! I, yeah, cause it, it, I think what I learned in that situation was it wasn't that I didn't want to do it, or didn't want to, like, just do the show in general. I think it was just, I felt that, that in the moment, and currently now, was the moment that I started realizing that I didn't feel like I liked it anymore. I... Wow. And it just it wasn't anybody's fault it wasn't just it just felt like i had been just i just had a rough year with just college just not Mm -hmm. wanting me yes and juilliard situation and everything that was happening that i felt like maybe it wasn't for me as much as i know how good i was for it i felt that it was just something i was pushed into and then once I pushed into it, I liked it. But then I realized that it's just because I was pushed into it, not because I enjoyed it. And there was other people that I felt would love it more and would have more of an opportunity if they started now. Because learning from that freshman year and, and seeing the new faces come in, because we were the new faces, I thought it was going to be the same way, you know, these new faces, Um people like Ivan, people like Lindsay, were coming in and they were gonna take over what we had just mm-hmm, grew. Mm-hmm. And I felt really confident that it was gonna be them and, and we were gonna be like, you know, their support and their back burner and their fuel to, to drive the show and to just drive that whole year. And then, you know, everything goes up and, 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 and we do the show and I'm just not fully there. So I do blame myself for a good portion of that mm. because it was, it it was, um. I don't know what's the word it was a disservice to me and a disservice to people who were doing the show because they were having a good time but I wasn't that's and that's fair. not someone that you want leading your show
0: and that wasn't you
2: mm-hmm. and I think at that point I just had to just enjoy what I had left because it was the it was we had was two weeks two months and we were we were we were gone yeah. so it was just something that I I fought it, and I think I still fought, I fight it to this day. How enlightening, I would've never known that at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think I still battle with just how I felt about it. Sure. But I feel like that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But
0: something really profound, and it's kinda of weird we're doing this right here now live, but you need to hear this, like, you had such a battle going into your senior year with colleges and all of those things. And you had to leave me in choir for a spell because yeah. of academics. Biggest regret. Biggest yeah. Regret. Oh, I, shoot. I grieved. <laughs> biggest, I grieved. biggest regret. Um, but like, this is the thing that slays me. Education, I'm a huge advocate of, but who's to say and who has the right to say that you can't be successful if you don't go the college route? Who's to say that, you know? And that puts such a damper on your soul when what we thought should have happened, you must go to school to study theater, that you couldn't have done it. If you never really wanted to do it, that's fine. But to think that you weren't good enough because a school wouldn't let you in is something I just wish I could just take out of your memory bank. because. We all knew, to this day I would still say, you could walk out onto an audition space and blow their minds and do it if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Or you could be a great cabaret singer because I remember all the variety (laughs) shows where you had the girls swooning, side note, just amazing. But you know, that that just sucks because not everybody's an academic. Not everybody Mm -hmm. lives to go study your science and social studies. You wanna go do the arts, or maybe you don't wanna do the arts, but that stigma's there and then all of a sudden you're just like cut off at the legs mm-hmm. and that's unfair mm-hmm. but i believe you will always have it in you mm-hmm. and you will always have the ability to act and sing and dance right. but it'll be on your terms and if you ever want to take that a different direction i know the the doors would open for you
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you're so innovative and creative right now with what you're doing all around it that it's I mean, you got a great thing going. You can't not do that for sure. Yeah, that's
2: also the thing. And, and you know, I, I, I take that back, too, because I, I did say, like, it was because I didn't like it or love it anymore. But then that's also when I started to realize I'm forcing myself not to want to like it anymore. Mm. So, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because, like, Cause if, if, if Juilliard is saying I I, not yeah. today, then you got to go, well, obviously, it's not today. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, right, right, that right. told you you weren't good enough. And that's such BS, because... Juilliard's one little tiny speck on the pimple of humanity, you know, mm. compared to everything else.
1: They've, they've, got, they've got quotas they have to fill, I mean, I realized, like, um, I, I just, I looked, I, I went to Unifieds as well, I didn't get into, like, I got into, like, maybe two or three of the call, I auditioned for, like, ten.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, you know, part of it is, they've just got, they've got quotas they gotta fill, I didn't fill that quota. Mm-hmm. You know? They needed someone who's tall, I'm, like, you know, average height. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, because they- because they, they have their productions lined up the year before, so. They're also looking for people who are like... Yeah,
2: I also uh, feel like that's like every school, just mm-hmm. looking for what they want. And yeah, and so, it I mean, you yeah. It's not because they don't want you, it's just... And, and, this, and judging, judging by talent anything. is
1: also such an yeah. uh, incredible thing to, like, even, like, theoretically, how do you- how can you judge how someone- how talented someone is all together based off of that one... <laughs> right. You know, it's always ten
0: minutes of your life does not frame your whole. Yeah, and I
1: always that was when I was I was like auditioning for these is not. Yeah, and that goes for
2: the whole group that I was with. I was yes beyond just ecstatic for just them, and even throughout the throughout the years that we were together, just like this is nothing like I'd ever seen before, and how lucky we were. But um, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate everything. No,
0: well, I mean, both of you are such talented individuals and so different. Mm. Thomas, 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 Thomas. You know what I loved about you, I still love about you, is your innate ability to just laugh at yourself and create humor everywhere you go. That's true. And not be faced. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's too many women you did not approach to like marry or have a great No, no, no. Okay, all She's right. She's wrong. Wrong.
2: Yes. Not wrong. Caveat She's not wrong.
0: Your current girlfriend is one of my most favorite people on the planet.
1: She is. She's one of my f- most favorite people on the planet. That's, that's,
0: well. Well, that's good to know because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, getting to work with you on the stage and not really know you as a person, you were always always making people laugh always being funny but you were always ready to learn and figure stuff out and when we finally got you in choir and we discovered your range of notes was rather minimal
1: yeah you know (laughs) maybe a little bit how
0: can we stretch that bad boy out but you always worked so hard to do it and you were never critical of me or how it was done you were always i was so
1: thankful to be in that choir class. i mean the way i got so the way i got into your choir class tell that story um, so it was uh it was senior year i had never like even thought about signing up for choir class or auditioning or whatever i was in my piano my keyboarding class seventh period and um i remember i'd always sort of like been like man you know i, I see everyone in choir having a great time I-, I love miss comb she's great and whenever we work in the musicals <laughs> i just love it and um then yeah, i know candlelight was coming up and my family every year on december 24th we go to epcot we see Candlelight. really yes and you know what I absolutely hated every second of it. I was, <laughs> I was a kid right after, right after going to see Candlelight. We'd go home and go to midnight mass before Christmas. I was like, I was like, this sucks. Candlelight is second church. It's singing about Jesus, and I was the but, whole
0: premise of Christmas but, was wiped off.
1: But singing Candlelight, yes, yeah, okay. I now love Candlelight. Yeah, it, that's it's, a whole sing, different vibe. Like singing, it's is. It is just like it's incredible. I love all the music. is so good. I mean, um, you know, but. but it, the, the, the parts that each part of the choir sings sort of changes every now and then. And uh, what we sang, the basses got like... We didn't get a whole lot to work with, but we did get some great parts. Especially, um... What was the... the the songs like "We Three Kings," um, rejoice, rejoice with seeing great it. joy. That, that, that song got everyone, everyone's flavor. Everyone, everyone got so hype whenever that came. Oh, on. they still do. It was, it was, it's an amazing and and um I love doing it. And my family was super proud of me for being in it. And so I was, I heard that and I was like, I gotta see if I can somehow convince Miss Combs to let me audition for her already like eighty five kid big choir that class. That was a big choir back then too. Um, and, you know, with no no singing experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Couldn't sight read, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know what the parts were I I, I still don't know what the what the girl singing parts. Are. I don't know what there an alto and a Soprano is but you just knew there were girls. Yeah, I knew there were girl parts Um, and I was like well, <laughs> it's it's easier for me to sing like bass. So I'll I'll, I'll tell us what I am and um,
0: Well bass was easiest to teach you. <laughs> it, was, it was it was You didn't <laughs> have to know a whole lot of notes to sing um,
1: bass. <laughs> and so I, I went to miss Combs and I was like miss Combs uh Please, I forgot what did I. What did I, I you kind of begged me. What I brought you something.
0: Yes, what actually did, you did. You bribed me. What was, was that? I did. I was like, wow, did, Thomas,
1: I, did, I can't I, did I bring flowers? Was that it? He was like, I, I don't know if you I were that
0: good. I don't remember.
1: <laughs> I think because I know one of them was was ice cream. Yeah, you cream.
0: you brought. But you, I, it I swear it I, was a couple of days. Right.
1: So, yeah, I went to the wetzer every day. I was like, hey, Miss Coe. I don't. I'm just saying hi. But yeah, then you then you let me audition, and I remember. You said, um, uh, I forgot what it was. You're like, do you need a pass to go to the to the office to change your schedule? And I was like, oh, I'm in! And oh, then I yeah. was super happy. And I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Choir was like... For we had a
0: day. crew, like, nurturing you, you know? Yeah, we no, had guys was... singing in your ears on mm-hmm. both sides. It was, it, was, it was like for this, yeah. Kind of yeah. making sure that the notes were found. Mm-hmm. Figured... You
1: worked hard, though. You tried yeah, hard. For, it was, um, geez, especially, especially for Cana because like, I was really passionate about that. Mm-hmm. I, I was... It was... All Thank God, listen- God for Frank.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was all I
1: listened to. It was, um, and uh, I remember I had during lunch, Louis and Ivan would take me into the, the back room of the choir room, and they would just oh, show me how to do stuff. And mm-hmm. it was, I I loved it. It was awesome, especially when um, the part the bass section was was a difficult group to manage, but when we when we got together and we you know did our stuff, I I just I loved it so much. It was incredible.
0: You know what was so cool is watching you go from this. I mean, in all seriousness, a narrow scope of understanding music and being able to interpret it correctly to this big range that came. <laughs> because by the end of the year, you were singing notes way up above where we started. Like you understood it and you were singing them. And you had a beautiful sound to your voice and Aww, you had solo quality. Oh, it was. It was that's, like, that's like a geek out moment for a teacher. <laughs> when you watch someone that someone says, I can't sing. And you're like, oh, it's on now. Let's go. And you did it and you took it. And if you weren't teachable, that would have never happened. Well, thank you very Plus, much. Plus you just brought a lot of entertainment to the space, <laughs> you know. Well, I think I told you that singing was a chick magnet and therefore that's all you really needed to that's know. That's it, yeah. Just, you know, sing yeah. and, and everyone comes running.
1: Yeah, it was well I thank you again for having me in your class. Oh, I loved it. I and miss I, you guys.
0: I mean I love every year that comes, but you know, for for me just getting into the school and just starting teaching and a lot of things happened in my life. Those are some of like that's like the best foundation ever, was having you guys around and crying and laughing and having, you know, some in crazy moments in the classroom where we turn the lights off and yeah. play piano and I make you guys be all ethereal and <laughs> yoga like. Yeah, yeah,
1: no, it, was, it was great. Gotten and your feelings. I, I miss it. Like that's the one thing that I wish I was able to tell myself, like you know, appreciate what 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 you're doing right now because. You know, you're going to miss it a lot when you're gone. When you're not oh, gone, when you're yeah. not dead. But, I mean, yeah. it's like, I never realized when we finished high school, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to perform again. And I haven't really, since then. It makes me sad. Why not? Because of school work, you know. Yeah. It was, it's, it's it, when you're in high school, and it's just like, you know, high school ends at 2.15. So you have but it was, it was tough. I don't know how I did this, but I would go to, you know, choir, where i go to you know, school Monday through Friday and then rehearsal right after, Saturday and Sunday I worked, I had two AP classes, and I'm looking at that now, and I have no idea how I possibly did that. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with four classes and a, a job, and it's, you know, it's crazy, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I loved every second of it. Good. It
2: Good. So, you go to OXA Gateway St. Cloud. Tell us how that oh. whole experience was for you, because I, re- I remember Knowing who you were mm. and I for some reason felt like we knew each other There's a, sometimes where you feel like you know somebody for some reason mm-hmm. um, But I think it was just because I heard a lot about you. I'm so sorry um, <laughs> So just um, those four years into AXA, how was that like for you just being their choir director?
0: Going into OXA, well, I wasn't the choir director. Oh, I, oh. I was the lowly piano teacher I taught music theory Um, No, there's only one choral director at OCSA at that time. Um, I was honored. I mean, I had done a lot of work there. I'd done a lot of accompanying, a lot of vocal coaching. Um, So to get to work at a place where kids are absolutely going for the arts is kind of a cool thing. And back then, OXA was a much different flavor than it is now. I, I don't mean to sound... Negative, but it's changed a lot. But back then you couldn't get through the hallways because kids were practicing dance, guitar, instrumental, vocal. Like lunch was just the halls were covered
1: with kids. I knew uh my sister neighbor went there, his name was Sam Ilba. Did you ever know him at all? Sam who? Sam Ilba. He name was sounds familiar. Uh yeah, he was uh he he was back at Oxa like I think around the time you were there. Yeah. And he was telling me, but I remember he went to the middle school that I went to and he was to talk about OXA Mm -hmm. and it was, it was so, it was so much different back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, was, uh, you know, um, we all had the same lunch. Everyone had an hour lunch. Mm -hmm. And so you were practicing all the time, rehearsing nonstop, you know, it was that vibe all the time and it was cool. And kids, um, we never had discipline problems, you know. It was just like they, they were there to work. So that, I mean, who wouldn't be spoiled by that if you're an arts teacher? Um, honestly, what made me even consider leaving is I had started, I had taken over and formed a, a show choir and I was working with the musicals. I was doing musical direction at that time and got to help direct um, Dream Girls and Little Shop of Horrors. And I forgot the last one I finished there. But anyway, you know, we were expanding things. But it was obvious from a professional standpoint, my career wasn't going to go anywhere else. Back then, they were talking about making a middle school choir program, and Mm -hmm. everybody thought I should be the one, except for the people that needed to make that decision. Mm. So it was like, all right. So crazy story, in the middle of the summer, Harmony High School and Gateway both opened up in June, and I was called and asked to interview for Gateway. Gateway at the time was a program that had gone from 60 to 300, and my good friend was leaving, and I was terrified. I was like, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't take his job." And he's like, "This beast," and I'm this, you know, mm-hmm. fun teacher. Um, but the doors opened, and I went in. But here's a little backstory: Miss Hill, who had been at Saint Cloud for 40 plus years, mm-hmm. had had said to me for like five years, "I want you to take over when I retire." And I'm like. That would be, that's like the bucket list. Let me just bury me in St. Cloud, middle of the courtyard. I'll be good. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't ready to retire. And, you know, so it was just this weird dichotomy. Oh, okay. So it was like, and so then the Gateway job came and I said, I I went right to her and I'm bawling my eyes out. She's like, you got to do what's best for you. If this is best for you, then this is what you got to do. I know you're going to be a good choral director. So I did it. So I walk into Mm -hmm. Gateway. And let me just say up front, the kids at Gateway were amazing kids. You know, the gangway, all those mm-hmm. labels that the school had. Mm-hmm. Administration, bleh, <laughs> um, So long story short, I got into Gateway. Rosters were completely screwed up. And the administration was toxic. That's just the nicest way I can say this. Toxic, mm-hmm. toxic, toxic. And so nothing was going according to plan. None of the choirs were formed the way they were supposed to be. But I was in it. I had put my feet down. I said, okay, I'm going to do this because I'm here. I'm going to commit to the kids. Two weeks in, Mr. Fancher from St. Cloud calls and says, I know you just changed your whole world to go to Gateway, but will you do it again and come to St. Mm-hmm. Cloud's? Because the Cochran's went into his office and said, we're gonna lose her if you don't do something now. You right. have to fix this, which I didn't know any of this was going down. So Miss Hill, Mr. Nagel, and the Cochran's all went into Fancher's office and said, do something. Mm-hmm. So he said, come to St. Cloud, you can teach anything you want. Mm-hmm. I'll find you a place to teach, do whatever, just come. I said, bye. <laughs> And it was hard, leaving the kids were hard. Leaving that administration, not a problem. (laughs) So in less than two and a half weeks I left, which I, you know, that was really hard because they went through a lot after that. But I came into St. Cloud, Ms. Hill gave me a choir to play with. She let me play with the women's choir. She gave me the fifth period choir. Remember the yes. dumping ground choir? Yeah. And I got to dabble with everybody. She but found me.
2: <laughs> she found I you. There. I was in that fifth year. You were. And we were like, yeah, what the she hell was like, you what are you doing are you? in this choir? No, no, no. I was no. like,
0: I'm fine. <laughs> but do you remember her getting sick?
2: Yes. She got sick and, in
0: November and uh, we almost lost her. And at that point, I had to take over everything until right. January. Yeah. Which I look back now and I think, man, I don't believe in accidents. And I think there's something there that was very profound about that. Because I took over, we got through the holiday and then MPA season came. Right. And she was back, you know, but I took over women's choir the rest of that year. Uh, yeah. And then she came to me and said, I'm done. I got to quit. So she retired two years early because of her
1: health. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know two years earlier. Mm -hmm. So from there, it was your choir.
0: It's been my choir. Mm -hmm. It's been a wild ride. I want to leave everybody with this. Speak from your heart, and you will never go wrong. Let music be the language that you communicate, that you share, that you give of yourself to. It's the one language everyone understands, everyone speaks, It heals, it helps, it restores, it changes. Um, For me, it is how I have recovered from many things and healed and been made better. But if that's not it, find something. Find something that makes you a better person. Make that decision to be better. Use it for good. Let it be expressive and let it be... um, the most magical thing you do, because you'll never get those moments back. Take them, live them, and be better because of them.
2: Whoa! Now that was a great episode. For more episodes on The Power of Four, you can follow us on Spotify or subscribe to Apple Podcast.